Greetings, and welcome to the Continental Drift. I'm Andy Valver. It's been a difficult week. Tough, because all my European friends have been asking me to explain why Americans shoot each other. And for the life of me, I have no idea. Europeans can't begin to fathom the idea of a school shooting. Yes, there have been school shootings here. According to a piece in the World Population Review about school shootings, in the EU since 2009, France has had two. Estonia, Greece, Germany, and Hungary, one school shooting. In the U.S., there have been 27 just this year alone, and 288 since 2009. How can you explain something like that? And that doesn't take into account all the other shootings that are not school-related. School for me growing up was a place of laughter, learning, and detention. My report card always began with, Andy could do so much better. People ask me why the U.S. doesn't enact strict gun laws. The EU has strict gun laws. Every country requires that at a minimum. You undergo a background check, a gun training program, an examination by a doctor to see if you're a nut job, and you can't have a criminal record. Those are the basics. Some countries have even more stringent gun safety laws. In fact, here's a few examples. In Luxembourg, anyone wishing to purchase, possess, or use a firearm must hold a permit issued by the Minister of Justice in person. That's right, in person. In Germany, a separate license is required for each firearm owned. Target shooters must have been a member of a shooting club with 18 recorded visits in the previous 12 months, and you can only buy ammunition for the gun registered to you. In France, a person cannot own more than 12 center-fire firearms and cannot own more than 10 magazines and 1,000 rounds of ammunition per firearm. In the Netherlands, gun ownership is restricted to law enforcement, hunters, collectors, and target shooters. Self-defense is generally not a valid reason to own firearms. So all in all, you can see that target shooting is fine, so is hunting. Nowhere can you own an assault rifle unless you're a dealer or a certified collector, and even then, it has to be semi-automatic. However, the biggest difference between the U.S. and the EU is that we could care less about guns. Yes, there are folks who hunt, and that's fine. But the rest of us? Well, we prefer to sit in cafes and talk about books and movies, or go to restaurants, or travel, or, or go to the theater. One of the nicest things about living here in the EU is that I never have to worry about guns. And it's funny, because in America, I never really thought about guns. But after I had lived in the EU for a while, I went back to the U.S. and was walking in a tough neighborhood in San Francisco, and I was suddenly very conscious of the fact that I could literally be caught in a crossfire if I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. In the EU, a murder is a big deal. Most of the time, it's Putin killing someone for revenge, but even then, it's a rare occurrence. In the U.S., when you wake up in the morning, you read through the newspapers and check the body count for the night. And people wonder why I live here. 
Okay, next item. This was from the Guardian newspaper. The EU's police agency, Europol, will be forced to delete much of a vast store of personal data that it has been found to have amassed unlawfully by the bloc's data protection watchdog. The unprecedented finding from the European Data Protection Supervisor targets what privacy experts are calling a big data arc containing billions of points of information. Sensitive data in the ARC has been drawn from crime reports, hacked from encrypted phone services, and sampled from asylum seekers never involved in any crime. According to internal documents, Europol's cache contains at least four petabytes of info. That's equivalent to three million CD-ROMs, or a fifth of the entire contents of the U.S. Library of Congress. And now Europol has to get rid of all that info. See, the EU is worried that Europol could become some huge intel agency like the NSA. Now, if you think that Europol is going to get rid of all that data because they've been ordered to, I have a bridge you might be interested in buying in Brooklyn. Oh, they'll say, yes, we got rid of that data. Excuse me? What? What is that hard drive? Nothing. There's no hard drive. No, no hard drive. Nothing to see here. Move along. It's been my experience that large organizations don't give up stuff. Certainly not governments. In travel news, once again, Amsterdam's Schiphol Airport is in the news, and not in a good way. KLM is canceling up to 50 flights a day over the weekend right now, and the lines to get through security are mind-boggling. If you can avoid Schiphol, I would suggest you do, unless standing in line is your thing. Up next is the, did he really say that, category? Toward the end of the week, French President Emmanuel Macron caused an uproar when he said that the EU should not humiliate Russia or Putin so that someday we can have a normal relationship with him and Russia. Really? Uh, gee, Emmanuel, uh, not sure if you've noticed, but Putin is a mass murderer. Period. How can you have a normal relationship with a mass murderer? Oh, hi, Vladimir. You know that little Ukraine thing? No worries. Come on, let's be friends. Can I offer you a glass of wine? No, Mr. President, we cannot let Putin forget what he has done. And finally, I'm not sure what to say about this story from UPI. A French man broke a Guinness world record in Scotland by bungee jumping from a bridge 765 times in a 24-hour period. Let me repeat that. He bungee jumped 765 times in 24 hours. The previous record of 230 jumps was set by a guy from New Zealand. That's right, there was a previous record. I admire that, and I can tell you categorically that not only will I never break that record, my personal record for bungee jumps stands at zero. And I can guarantee you that it will stay at zero. That's it for this week. Thanks for giving me some of your precious time. I'm Andy Valver, and this is The Continental Drift.